hello everyone and welcome to the Mean Mommy podcast. Is it the Mean Mommy Kink podcast or the Mean Mommy podcast? I said the Mean Mommy Kink podcast. I like it. Mean you don't Mommy want, like, Kink podcast. You don't want like parents stumbling in here on accident. So yeah, the Mean Mommy Kink podcast. Exactly. That's why I stuck that kink in the middle and... <laughs> You have your disclaimer here. We'll be sure to give it throughout. But this ain't for you if you're a minor. Please go somewhere else. Thank you. Right. We're not legally allowed to love you until you turn 18. Goodbye. The end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so today's topic is age play and sadomasochism, which is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And we're going to get into that a little bit later, um, because I'm very excited to talk about it, and I'm sure you are too. Um, Yes, I am. But the first thing we want to do is we want to highlight a business. We like to start off by highlighting uh, POC-owned businesses, queer-owned businesses, uh, and especially ones that we think relate to age play or kink. So the one that I wanted to highlight today is Fruit Leather Shop. Um, they're on Instagram under Fruit Leather Shop, F-R-U-I-T-L-E-A-T-H-E-R-S-H-O-P, all one word. And they're also on Etsy under the same name. Uh, and they are a queer Arab leather dyke, uh, an amazing femme that makes fantastic handmade leather gear. And, you know, there's a lot of leather gear out there, but the reason this one really spoke to me is because, and you'll see it the second you go to their Instagram, they make leather gear in colors. They have amazing colors. It's like a rainbow on their Instagram. And, you know, as either people that are femmes that like to be, you know, a little brighter sometimes, or age players often are also really attracted to bright colors for littles, a lot of their leather gear comes in wonderful colors. So if you've been thinking about getting some leather gear, but you know, you're running into everything out there that's black leather, which is very sexy, but also, you know, it's kind of it's it's out there. And and the fruit leather shop also makes black leather as well. But if you've been looking for something that's a bright color, they're a great place to go. Really great. Uh, they make leather gear, they make leather implements like paddles and straps, they make leather accessories like collars and cuffs. Um, and they make all ranges of sizes. Everything they make is custom to you. uh, So they'll take your measurements and they don't charge any extra for plus, which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So yes, if you're a larger person and you've run into that paywall, we're like, oh, over a certain measurement, we start charging extra. Like that's nonsense and you should never pay that. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Let's, Let's start there. If you see a store doing that, turn and walk away or, you know, with your internet fingers, walk away. Uh, and they do not do this. So they will make sure it fits you properly. They'll make sure it looks good to your proportions. I have a pink leather set from them that I love. Um, I'm excited about it. It's actually quite hard to find leather in bright colors that is plus size. It's amazing mm. how difficult it is. <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say, you're a customer. This is, we're not sponsoring them. This is just you as a customer thought, I love this. And I admit, right. I love your little uh, pink harness, leather harness that you got from them. So cute. Mm-hmm. You've worn it a couple different ways and it matches everything. It's adorable. 
and I'm going to wear it to Dory Alley next weekend in San Francisco. So I'm really excited because uh, it looks a lot more like me than a lot of the black leather that's out there. So if you're in the market for some new leather stuff, we recommend Fruit Leather Shop. Yay. That's exciting. I it's also follow great. them on Instagram and I love all the bright pictures. It's amazing, yeah. amazing stuff. Well, now I think we should transition into our topic for today. Before we do our topic, we wanted to give a very clear disclaimer. So my disclaimer, I guess we could both give our disclaimers, but my disclaimer is age, play, and sadomasochism together is a topic that is for adults who are willing to put these two things together. If you're not an adult, legal, 18, non-minor, you need to leave. We do not consent for you to listen. However, if you are, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you finish. I was just saying consenting adults just need to understand that as we go forward in this conversation, we're going to be talking about the intersection of age play and sadomasochism and those things can make folks uncomfortable and it's okay to be uncomfortable and if you want to stop you can turn this off anytime you want to all right but we're having this conversation because somebody wants to have it and we're having it with you go ahead Lola a lot a lot of somebody's want to have it I'm I am somebody um mm-hmm. and I, I, I am just, somebody. I wanted to <laughs> I am somebody and I want to talk about the state of masochism and age play um so for those that aren't, aren't, you know, are kind of newer to kink, sadomasochism is the SM part of BDSM, and it literally means pain, people that like to inflict pain and people that like to receive pain. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're heading. If you are a little or a mommy or daddy or what have you that does not want to think about littles in pain at all, now's the time to turn around. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is where we're going. Um, and it, it can be considered dark age play. Dark age play means many things to many people I have learned over the years. Uh, Mm. For some people, it's just sex related. For some people, it's just SM related. And for some people, it is both. So we're going to talk about the pain part of of age play today. I'm sure we'll have a whole episode devoted to age play and sex because that sounds chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. We have to walk from there. But we're not doing that today. We're going to concentrate on pain today. Um, So I'd like to open up by just asking you, Aunt Jackie, what your favorite thing about hurting littles would be. Oh, goodness. Okay, so here's where we get honest. I think that there is something fun about being a consensual bully the idea that I'm allowed to pick on you. And I think different groups of people do this in different ways. Um, I remember in my family, certain people picked on you and I'm not, necess- I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about they were allowed to tickle you. They were allowed to do little jokies or pranks or whatever was okay in your family because different families had different kind of limits mm-hmm. about it. And so... I like having people that I can poke fun of and pick on and plot little things on. And age play is a fun way to do that 
on different levels. You can be in a different mindset when you're doing your little jokes or your little pick-ons. And then once you start talking about bullies, there's usually a physical element to it. You know, there's wrestling, choking, spanking, climbing on top of, making up stories about telling fibs, you know, chasing around the house, um, splashing this, that, and the other. And it's as intense as the people want it to be, but this level of like picking on, joking on with, I find fun. And so age plays a great way to start that. Absolutely. Um, I love mixing kind of cute things in with sadomasochism. Um, I have quite a few pink toys. And as everybody knows, if it's pink, it doesn't hurt. Um, Mm. That's the rule. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I love having, you know, bright colors and pastels and pinks in my toy bag. Um, I also have done uh, scenes where the scene itself will be really intense. There'll be a lot of pain happening, but something cute will be going on at the same time. So Mm. uh, there was a scene where... uh, another top and I did a needle scene that was four hours long. We were making a big picture on someone's back and we listened to Disney music the whole time because <laughs> we were all into age play and it was fun and it made the mood light and we could sing along to the songs. Um, and we ended up making a giant Mickey Mouse, um, a needle art picture in the back of this person's back. So um, you can That's take amazing. scenes. Yeah, and it was like upwards of 80 needles. So it was a very big needle scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were just doing it in rows or if you were making a different type of picture, it might not have to do with age play. We just kind of added that in because for us, it made it even more fun. Yeah. So yeah, little things like that um, I love. And then that's kind of like the lighter side of how I do age play and sadomasochism. Um, I also... Uh, had a lighter scene where I did a scene that I called we basically it decided that it was called predicament coloring um <laughs> already is, I love you know that. and there's a there's a bunch of ways you can do this it's a very simple concept you give a coloring book to a little and then they have to stay in the lines no matter what's happening mm. so this could go in many different directions I had a cane in this particular instance um and so we were doing caning and coloring was happening. And also with the cane, we were playing duck, duck, goose. That's so wonderful. I was, yes. Yeah, so I was tapping the cane saying duck, duck, duck for, you know, however long. And then occasionally I'd give them a really good crack and say goose. And then they would have to get up and run around the table and get back on the table, which is really absurd, but it was, that's, that was what made it so fun. You know, I can do a serious caning scene for like an hour, but like, why would I do that when I could play duck, duck, goose on someone's back and ass? <laughs> Absolutely. I love, I love it because you're allowed to be a little absurd or just weird and you don't really have to explain it even. There's a level of, when you're into age play, you can just do something weird. Sometimes with other kinks, you have to have more formal plans or a mm. more overarching theme. But if it's like, no, we're just, you're just badass little and I'm in charge of you. What can we get mm-hmm. up to? So, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of the fun side of, of sadomasochism with me. I also really like really deep dive kind of dark age play. And mm-hmm. these are the people that I would consider to identify themselves as what I call little victims. <laughs> so these are little... <laughs> These are littles that want to be kidnapped on the way home from school. 
Yeah. These are littles where you pull up and say, I've got a puppy at my house. You want to see it? And they're like, and they yeah. go, yay. And they get I know in the exactly. car. <laughs> and they get in the car, right? So like, <laughs> and then to, be, to be fair, I do have a puppy at my house. So I wasn't lying. But that dog is old and doesn't care what happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to sleep in the corner while you scream. <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh God, and that can, I see it. That can let you tap into a much darker side of your big and, you know, play around with those like serial killer fetishes, those uh, torture fetishes that people have. Uh, because once somebody's kidnapped, I mean, obviously, disclaimer, please negotiate all of your kidnapping scenes thoroughly before you even think about doing them. But once somebody is kidnapped, all hell can usually break loose. And as long as it's within the limits that you've agreed upon ahead of time, it's a good time. And if they're in little space, it just adds that extra layer of like fright and vulnerability that I find really sexy. Yeah. So that's what that's what's in it for me. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I like horror movies. I'm not necessarily trying to kill anyone, you know? It's not about Jackie's a secret murderer. I Just because I love Friday the 13th and everything that has to do with some co-eds who are lost in the woods. Like, I think that's fun. I want to watch that movie, right? I, like I want to do that movie. If there are co-eds that want to get lost in the woods with us, again, slide into our DMs. <laughs> yeah. Bonus points well, if you're dressed like matching cheerleaders. I was going to walk them there, but we can just, you know, put a sign up and just say. Sorry, I got overheated. I got overheated. You did. You did. You did. <laughs> okay. All right. Scratch it. We might edit this part out. Uh, no, we're not. But... <laughs> so. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. Like, okay, so let's talk about just for a second. As the top. It's so fun to have somebody who trusts you enough to do this weird, vulnerable thing, who likes to do weird, vulnerable things with you, like who wants to get bloody, who wants to be, you know, fucked really hard or fucked with really hard. Like, I really like um, sadomasochism for me is very tactile. So a lot of times I'm just using my hands or I'm walking on people. I like crushing and, you know, smothering and choking and these are things I'm doing that I've negotiated which is why I don't do a lot of pickup play with this Mm -hmm. because it's not something I would just do in a dungeon with somebody who says they want that because I know when I'm doing it that's like it's the adrenaline the serotonin and the dopamine that you get is like crack it's not a, mm-hmm. like I don't just do drugs with anyone that's how I think of it right I am putting it, it is it's like I am messing with the chemicals in your brain and my brain plus I'm gonna orgasm so that's gonna amplify everything times 10 mm-hmm. so what you know I would not just do hard drugs with a random person I met that's why I don't personally exactly. do a pickup play because yeah well, and, and that's a good point. And I also think uh, we talked a little bit, a tiny bit about this in the last episode. There are a lot of littles that get pretty nonverbal or they get to Absolutely. a place where we're basically in a consensual non-consent situation mm-hmm. because adult brain has already agreed that they were going to do X, Y, and Z. And little brain is saying, no, stop, don't, it hurts. And so we want to make sure that we're playing with people that we can trust. And this is both directions, both littles and bigs. Absolutely. So that 
we know who these people are and we're not getting into a situation where somebody did not say no and that's what they meant or you didn't read the sign right because you'd never played with them before or if you're if you're on the little side of things you have a dominant that gets too excited and isn't listening to you because that's scary and dangerous so um you want to make sure that generally speaking I don't do pickup play much at all but if I do it's going to be a much more straightforward like I am flogging you as an adult type scene Mm -hmm. (laughs) like there's no there's no age play involved um I also wanted to touch on I, I think we're kind of a great pair for this particular uh subject because I am almost opposite of you I'm like Dexter I'm a very neat monster (laughs) and so you talked about how like it's wrestling and struggling and choking like that's not going to happen I might like rip something or break a heel and that's not going to happen I am going to have something to subdue you like a knife or a stun gun and I'm going to shrink wrap you to a table I understand that See, I, I already know, like, I'm very much like murder in the in the heat of the moment. You know, I'm like, I'm the mean mommy who snaps. Like, you're asking too many questions. You're a different kind of You're mommy. the spree killer. Mm-hmm. You're the spree killer. I'm the serial killer that doesn't get caught for 40 years. <laughs> We're not the same. <laughs> no, no. Because I, I don't care if I get caught because I have an end plan. My end plan is all you motherfuckers are going with me. That's, you know, like, I'm not... You're more like, I'm not going to get caught. This is a lifestyle. I'm just going to. Well, and you also love brats. You love the ones that come in and start talking shit. And then all of a sudden, they're on the ground in a headlock. And that's what you both love. Whereas I like, again, the good little boys and girls that you're like, hey, you need to ride home from school. It's raining. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, well, okay. What could possibly happen to me if I get in this car? Nothing. Can we talk about like? Can we talk about like, little I like victims? That innocent, sweet. Can we talk about little victims? Yes, there's, like, I love this, them. It's I love interesting. It's interesting because it's like I love that when it's a role, but I don't want that as an actual way you navigate the world. You know, and sometimes little victims yes, absolutely will actually be living that life all the time in a very much like I'm just here waiting to get picked up on the side of the street kind of I don't want that you got to have some self-preservation you got to have a little fight to you you got to be able to kick or or scream or have a rape whistle or something like you can't just be a real actual little waiting to be victimized nor should I just be an actual predator coming to eat you like so since we're not those things in real life exactly I need to know that we're pretending together in a fun way that's sexy for both of us. Not that you have no self-preservation skills. And if I actually play with you, absolutely, it might be rape because you don't even know how to communicate and I don't even know your signals. We won't even know until it's too late. And that's not my kink. I just want to be very clear. I hate the feeling of being a pretend monster and then looking down and seeing someone who is just now figuring out this is not what they want. And, you know, we built this thing together, this plan together. And sometimes you don't know that's not what you want. And I get that. I'm not saying that you, I won't stop. But I hate that feeling of, I really wish you had told me this before we got to this point. 
you know like I wish neither one of yes. us had to feel uncomfortable you know, now I get it right I, I get that but as a dominant I would much rather have that person interrupt me and stop what's happening than later be told I didn't love what what all we did because Absolutely. I'm going to be like, why didn't you say something or do any sort of safe word or signal that could have let me know that you needed to talk to me or you weren't, this wasn't going a good way. I, as much Absolutely. as like, yeah, I planned a lot. I set my night aside, whatever, whatever. I would still 100% rather have somebody interrupt me. And I've heard from a bunch of different littles that that fear of disappointment is what keeps them from speaking out. But I am, again, saying for the third and, and most important time, I have yet to run into a credible dominant that would not rather be stopped if they're doing something that's making you deeply uncomfortable and you, where you're supposed Absolutely. to be acting deeply uncomfortable, we're not gonna be able to tell the difference. Please say a safe word. I mean, and I, I wanna be able to trust you to say a safe word. That's what I want. I want to have safe words ahead of time. And I want to be able to trust you so that I can let you scream blue murder because I'm doing something that very much hurts you. But mm -hmm. if it's suddenly not a fun pain, I want there to be red or zucchini or whatever it is. I want you to be able to articulate that. So yeah, it's the trust. if you're That's someone really... that has trouble safe wording, that is something to work on because it's actually really important. And again, I have yet to run into a dominant that doesn't want you to safe word if you need to. Absolutely. It is, it is, the, it is the trust that, I, that I'm talking about. It's the, like, trust me enough to stop. And if you don't trust me enough to stop, then stop because right. you should not. Well, and also me. I wish you trusted yourself and had that courage. Yeah. Yeah. Or trust yourself enough that that feeling you're having is valid and you should say something. Don't ignore it and hope it goes away. Say something immediately. Yeah. And, and it might not stop the scene. It might be like, I need a break, or could we not do this activity anymore? Or this brought up a thing for me, can I have a minute? But you need to say something. I want to also talk about why people like this and why things can go very, very right. Um, I think it's very, very connective when you've been through, again, like you were saying earlier, all those chemicals have been released, um, the, you know, we're sweating, there might be blood, there might be tears, which I absolutely love. I love that connection. To me, that is such a great connection. And then to me, um, my favorite part about mommy aftercare is putting back together something that I broke. So like if I've got you to the place where you're crying and I've patched you up so you're covered in alcohol and gauze to stop the bleeding and there's bruises and you know there's lube everywhere, I love being able to zip you back into your footy pajamas and like snuggle you and you know if you want to do some nursing and just like that's when I'm into snuggles because I'm actually not really a snuggly person in person, but that's when I'm super into snuggles. Because to me, that's both doing the aftercare that usually your bottom needs, especially if they're little, but also as a mommy, again, like putting that back, making sure that everything's okay, reassuring yourself and your brain that everything's okay, and that you're not this monster that you let yourself unleash for a couple of minutes to an hour, um, and that things are kind of back to a snuggly state. And to me, that's kind of like the most beautiful, connective, relaxing aftercare you can really do and you don't usually get to that place unless you've been through quite a few things to get to that place someone asked me to talk about 
the catharsis that you get from giving pain to someone else. And you were mentioning the putting someone back together after you've broken them, so to speak. And I really like being someone who can be both good and evil, light and dark. It's like, if I'm just a cuddly, wuddly teddy bear all the live long day, that's not true to who I am. I'm scary and dangerous and I have dark thoughts and I like to do you know, mean sadistic things occasionally. What I don't wanna be is an actual monster, but just like when we play, we play act, that's a space for me to, to live out those little fantasies. And so after I have someone that I trust enough to be comfortable and casual with and also sick and sadistic with and also cuddly and intimate with, all of those things create this amazing connection with that person. We've gone to so many places together versus just a cuddle buddy is a very different kind of connection for me. Other people are different. I'm not knocking anyone or how they choose to live their life. I'm just talking about me as a person who's a sadomasochist. I enjoy, if not pain, at the very least, some type of antagonistic type of mental, spiritual, physical conflict, struggle, stimulation. I like intensity. I like trying new things, weird things. That's my jammy jam. And so that's where all this stems from for me. <laughs> so, yes, I love all of that. So I also really love feeling proud of someone when they've kind of survived something with me. I think that's so special. Um, and, and that is also part of my mommy side. I know a lot of dominants are very proud of their submissives and bottoms when they've gone through a hard scene for them. But to me, like that, I'm just so proud as a mommy if you've, you know, survived whatever it is that we were doing. Um, and, I, and that's one of the other ways that it kind of really pushes my age play button is, is getting to tell someone that they were such a good boy or such a good girl or such a good little um, and that they made me so proud. And that's so great. Um, I also just want to circle back real quick and say I would tell someone that stopped a scene with me because they were uncomfortable that I was proud of them too. Because I would be very, very proud that they had the courage to pop in out of their little space and out of their subspace and say, I don't like this, we need to stop, or red, or again, zucchini, whatever your word is. I would tell them I was just as proud. So I don't want people to think that the only way they get that kind of praise kink filled is if they finish the scene. That's not the point. I'm proud because you displayed courage, either getting through a scene that was painful and difficult, or the courage to stop it if it wasn't. Um, and I also wanted to say uh, that there isn't really a right or wrong way to be a sadomasochist. Um, there's, there's many different levels and shades of it. And, you know, we've been talking about some pretty difficult scenes or some more primal scenes with wrestling or more scary scenes of kidnapping and that sort of thing. But you could just be into spankings. You could be into having your, you know, underoos pulled down and your skirt pulled up or your overalls pulled down and just being spanked. Or you could be into, you know, uh, being chased around the playground by the bully and then tackled once. It doesn't always have to be a super difficult scene that's hard to survive. 
Um, so I wanted to put that out there too, so that nobody feels like, oh, I don't want to be cut up and bloody. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> um, and it's you don't have to be cut up and bloody. It's not a requirement. It is fun, but it is not a requirement. And I appreciate you saying that um, sadomasochism is not all just Dexter's laboratory or where is it? Is Dexter's laboratory? No, that was the cartoon, wasn't it? You know, you never know what Dexter was doing there, but that wasn't, it was the other Dexter I was referencing. <laughs> but um, it doesn't always have to be that super intense. When I think sadomasochism, I just think uh, intense stimulus. So stimul intense stimulation is physical, but it's also mental. If you're somebody who is into mental sadomasochism, maybe you like being embarrassed, humiliated, degraded, you know, some type of words that you, you like to hear that some folks, for, for words, I always say, it's not that you want everyone to call you that word. It's that that word in a specific context with a specific person really turns you on, whatever that is. Um, you know, good girl or what have you, or some folks like slurs, some folks have baby names, some folks have what have you. It's really up to your imagination. And that's really one of the, the main things about all of this. It's about your imagination. It can be a light, fluffy place. It can be a dark, scary place. As long as you, A, maintain yourself as a, a consenting adult in whatever these scenarios you get yourself into and get yourself out of with your partners, you're communicating together so that it's a joint fantasy. Because if you want light and fluffy and they want evil and sadistic, you're setting yourselves up to fail. So it's just really important that you're on the same page as you're building the same story together. And then once you figured that, decided that you're doing this story, you, this consenting adults are doing this story, then just living in it, appreciating it, not like letting anyone make you feel weird about it. It's like when we were kids and you wanted to play horsies and Everybody's like, I'm a horse. And somebody says, well, I'm an elephant. And somebody says, well, I'm a rocket ship. And, you know, it doesn't have to make any sense. Y'all just rolled with it. And there was a rocket ship and that was an elephant and you was a horsey and everybody had a good time. And maybe it doesn't look a certain way or sounds weird, but everybody had a good time. And that's really what I like to boil it down to. What is the imagination game that we can play where everybody has a good time? And then, and then when you think about pain also, there's a lot of pain that we enjoy that we don't think is weird. Some of y'all exercise. I don't understand that at all. But people are doing that every day, even. I don't necessarily play every day, but y'all be exercising every day. That's wild. Football, I don't know. Some people hit each other in the head. with, And, and then, I don't know, sports. There's like a ball, and I don't know. But people are hurting themselves all the time, all kinds of ways. So just because you sexualize it doesn't make it necessarily a different. Humans like intense stimulation. We like hot sauce. We like bungee jumping. We'll masturbate as furiously as we possibly can. And some of us mix a little bit of pain with our pleasure. It's like a new flavor. I like a lot of different kinds of delicious things. Some of them 
hurt me. <laughs> I don't know. I have less of a conflict with it, but I'm trying to explain it in a way so that someone who doesn't have that specifically would understand. What What do you think, Lola? <laughs> I think it's a great kind of um, way to think about it is thinking, putting it in terms of uh, food that hurts us, physical activity that hurts us, uh, things like roller coasters that straight up scare us, but we think it's fun anyway. Things like horror movies that scare us, but we think it's fun anyway. I think putting it in those terms and realizing that that is the same chemical in your brain that is happening when you play. Um, so that same kinetic energy you would get from contact sports like basketball and football is going to be what you feel when someone's flogging you or spanking you. The same mental, uh, you know, scary fun fright that you get from going to the new horror movie or going to the scariest roller coaster that's going to be the same chemical that's released when somebody is doing a scene that you know you're in your little vulnerable space and they're in the big scary whatever it is you know mommy daddy scary uncle scary neighbor space that's the same chemical so kind of putting it that way might make it seem a little bit less scary to everyone and a little bit more accessible so i love that metaphor um I think that this has been, I mean, I know it's only episode two, but I think this has been my favorite episode um, just because this is like one of my favorite types of play. Um, and it, it does make it a bit harder for me to match with littles because I do want to do more, you know, intense things. That's what makes me really happy. Uh, and, you know, there aren't as many littles out there that are little victims and that's okay. Uh, but we're not necessarily going to be a match and that's fine. Uh, but, you know, I, I love that we're putting this out there and, and making people kind of think their way through this and think critically about what they might want as a mommy, what they might want as a little and how they can get it safely and in a way that everybody enjoys. So, Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I think it's important to note that some people who do this, this is absolutely nothing to do with anything like their childhood at all. Like this is a complete fiction that they create. And some people, they do this, either recreate things that they wish they had or things that they did have. And um, I think whatever way you fit on the spectrum of that, uh, being clear about where you are, if you create a character or an idea of something that's complete fiction, you can say that and still live in it. And if you create something that really closely resembles your experience, you can say that. And um, I think that knowledge is important for everyone to know, even if, if even if everything is happy, fun, playtime, it's important for everyone to know where we're getting our inspirations from. Um, if you're a mommy and you are like, I get my inspiration from, you know, these magazines, or I like to think I'm a cross of, um, I don't know, Aunt Viv and uh, I don't know, Whitley. I don't know. I'm just thinking of some people. I'm across of this and that. You can say that. Those things help inform where everybody's coming from. But then they also give us a context because sometimes we do pick up things from places that we may not want to bring with us. And so if we can say where we're getting our little thoughts from or big our big thoughts from, then we can sort of look at it and, and make sure that this, that what, this is what we want to add to our recipe. Because we're making a recipe together. Me and you, my chemicals, your chemicals, maybe our genders, maybe our genitals, maybe some cute outfits. We can put it all in a pot. 
our experiences so we can have this really fun thing. But if you're putting something in the pot and I don't know that it's connected to something to you, a connotation to you, that's when things can go left. And that's for either of us. Like I, as a, as a mommy, big auntie person, I've had my experiences and I really, it's important to me that no matter how evil, nasty, fucked up I'm being, that everybody is actually happy. That's my sort of thing that's very important to me. And to the point where I've had people who tried to pressure me into doing things, but I wasn't, I did not trust that they were fully comfortable or capable of doing the things that they wanted me to do. So then my insecurity comes up. I don't mind being a, a monster in theory, but I don't want to actually hurt anyone in practice. So a lot of things come up with this kind of play that are hard to sort of know in advance. So the best thing you can do is just talk a lot about um, your inspirations in it, the things that make you want to do it, the things that you like about it. So folks can have a sort of a more well-rounded picture of your intentions and motivations. Uh, I really don't think that if someone's not able or willing to talk to you about this like that, then they're probably not, um, how do I phrase this? They may not have been as introspective as you would want to be with someone to trust this way. Because even the light fuzzy stuff makes people feel deeply. Like even if all your age play is, is watching movies and coloring and eating snacks together, I've seen folks who that experience of feeling that safe and that vulnerable touched them very deeply, more deeply than they were even perhaps ready to expect. And so then if you add any sort of pain or stress or expectations or deals, what have you, anything else to that type of mindset, you may not know what kind of results you're going to get. So I just really want to advocate for that. And I also want to advocate for, for mommies and bigs and, and aunties to know your limits too, because littles are going to have all the things they want to do. You don't have to do everything that they want to do. Just like if it, you don't have to do anything anybody wants to do. I don't care what their role is. Just because someone is the submissive partner or whatever, you are not obligated to fulfill all of their heart's desires. And I think that is, especially for fems, especially for mommies, is a big thing. People expect you to fulfill all their heart's desires. And that's not your role. Your role is to fulfill your own heart's desires. That's my soapbox. I'm getting off. So it's definitely time for the section that we wanted to do toward the end of the, the show called Mommy Inspirations. And today we're going to talk a little bit about inspirations for your toy bag. Since we're on, in a show about sadomasochism, uh, we wanted to talk about things that you can add to your toy bag that might be a little little more mommy oriented, a little cuter. Um, and some of these things are things you might have thought of before, but others of them are kind of interesting. Um, so some of them are interesting things I have in my toy bag. Uh, I have several hard wooden rolling pins. Um, be really careful with those because rolling pins are actually quite heavy, especially the wooden ones. They're usually solid wood. So that is a serious buddy implement. 
that you should only use on very padded areas. I pretty much only hit people in the butt with it. It's anywhere else and it's heavy, it might break a bone. Um, you can also use it for kind of tactile play and roll over people's muscles. That's kind of a fun sensual thing to do with it. Um, I have wooden spoons in my, uh, in my toy bag. Uh, and those, depending on the size, can be anywhere from stingy to super thuddy. Um, they're just a really fun little implement that kind of would remind you of what someone would grab if they were in the kitchen with you and you had misbehaved. Um, I also love, there's a lot of bakeware out nowadays that's completely made of silicone, not just the little end of the rubber spatula, but the whole spatula is a solid piece of silicone rubber. And that's wonderful because it can be properly cleaned. If you're using it in a scene where someone's broken skin or where, you know, if you wanted to slap somebody right in the needles or if you wanted to, you know, mix blood play with, you know, some sort of implement, these are great because they can be very well cleaned. Um, so I love those. They come in fun pastel colors. I get most of mine from Target. Um, <laughs> and it's a really great way to kind of put some personality in your toy bag. Uh, and then, of course, there's just getting implements in the colors that you want. You're going to run into quite a lot of black implements and red implements on the market. But if you find your little niche kind of leather shops, like a fruit leather shop that we mentioned at the beginning of the program, you can find things in pink. You can find things in purple. You can find things in, you know, the bright colors that you might be looking for. So um, there's nothing wrong with having an all black toy bag and um, a leather mommy aesthetic that's very black and hard. I know a lot of those, those mommies, but if you're looking for something a bit lighter, just getting kind of creative and seeing what kind of implements you can grab. Um, probably the meanest thing in my toy bag is a wooden hairbrush. Uh, and it is exactly the same hairbrush that I used to get like whacked with as a child if I was getting my hairbrush and I wasn't like holding still. Um, and everyone, every black child knows that uh, getting your hair brushed is an ordeal. It's a little traumatic because basically if you, it's already hurting you because you're getting your hair ripped out. And then if you move nine times out of 10, whoever's brushing your hair will turn that brush around and just whack you. And so I have a wooden hairbrush that I love for spankings. Um, it's just a mean little implement um, that you can use for just about anything. Uh, you can get paddles and heart shapes. You can get all kinds of, of things. I guess if I'm talking implements for mommy, I'm a mean mommy. And so I definitely have like a broken, worn-in leather belt that doesn't have the buckle on anymore. It's just a, basically just a strip of evil leather. And so I like that. I use that for spankings. I can hit you on the thighs, the legs, the butt. Um, I'm pretty good at shortening the belt and wrapping it around my hands and using that um, with punching or, or with body play. Uh, you can just sort of get the back, like upper shoulders. Um, you look for big areas when you're punching. Um, never the spine, never the kidneys, never the stomach, not not in the ribs, those types of areas. Um, so I like my belt. I've also used them with the buckle for restraints, easy restraint, um, arms or legs. Mommy usually just grabs whatever is nearby. So it's like if you see a Venetian cord and you pull that little a little rod off of there. That's a nice snappy cane. You don't snap it too hard though. You just sort of whip it lightly with your wrist. I'm careful with those types of things though, because they can snap and break. And if you if you're if you're swinging your arms too hard, and you're 
doing sort of like a wide swing, you can break anything if you're trying to swing through somebody. So when you're tapping, you're not trying to use the whole weight of your arm to hit. You're really just using your wrist and you know your forearms. Mommy would also, I'm, I just think things that I got hit with, you know, fly swatters, <laughs> shoes. <laughs> you know, you just get creative. I felt like mom was just like, if you were really acting up, she could find something next to her. She could reach. My mom would hit me with a purse a lot. So she had this nice cloth purse and she would hold it by the buckle. So the buckle wouldn't hit me, but she'd hold it by the buckle and just swing it. And that thing had a nice thud to it too. Also, if you really want to get the thud, you put the Bible in the purse. That's how you really fuck somebody up. So those remind me of just mommy implements. Also, mommy has the voice. I don't know what, who gives you the voice, but it, whether you have children or not, there's a voice. Sit your ass down. And for some reason, it works. It works on littles. It works on dogs. It works on some politicians. <laughs> the voice works. So I think you should practice your mommy voice. Like that voice where if you were like in an airport and you saw some kids climbing on the terminal, just that voice. Because that's definitely a mommy implement. And those are my best suggestions. All right. We were talking a little bit before this about toys for mommy's toy bag. Um, we had some great ideas about kind of making sure that whatever you got was your own and really felt like home. Um, Jackie had some great ideas for kinky pervertibles. You don't have to break the bank to necessarily get a toy bag together. Um, we both had some great uses for kitchen implements, which are great. Did you have anything else that you wanted to recommend to everybody? I just want you to think like mommy. So mommy can have anything she wants. Mommy can be in charge. I just want to give everyone permission to do that. I think daddy gets that permission all the time, but for some reason, mommy has all these hangups about what she can and can't use or enjoy. So I'm just really want to give everyone permission to give Absolutely. mommy the fullest expression of whatever she wants. I think that's a big um, way to pick out your kink toys, especially that you'll be using for a long, long time. Um, kind of Marie Kondo your kink bag every now and again. Like if something isn't sparking joy and you pick it up and you just have no connection to it whatsoever, uh, maybe like gift it to a kink auction or gift it to a kinky friend that's getting their toy bag together or what have you. You don't necessarily have to um, buy something because it looks cool or buy something because other people are using it. It should really be something that you feel connected to and that makes you feel joyful when you're holding it and using it. Because um, if it's not, that's really not going to be the toy that you reach for. I speak from experience. I have a graveyard of kink and sex toys at my house. Um, oh <laughs> my goodness, so many. <laughs> and you know, sex toys are a little harder to get rid of and, and bequeath to others, but I've given away many a kink toy because I just, it was taking up space and I was like, I literally have no use for this. And some of the things that I've absolutely been the most connected to come from the most random places like the corner store where I found my giant oversized wooden spoon so you just never know um it you don't it, it could be something that you had lovingly handcrafted by a fine leather toy maker um, I have a single tail that I absolutely love that I do not regret spending so much money on 
but I have other things I've bought just because I thought they looked kind of cool or I thought I had to have it because other people had it and those things didn't end up being stuff I kept. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I, it took me a long time to find out that rope was not my kink and everyone made me feel like I had to care about rope more than I did. For me, just for me, it just feels like braiding your hair, which can be fun, but I don't want to do it that long. That's not my ministry, you know? But I spent <laughs> so much money on rope and that wasn't my kink. That was other people's kink that they wanted me to do. So I think it's really important to actually think about what you want to do and don't feel pressured to do what the other kinksters are doing. And honestly, for the most part, if you're curious about something and not sure if it's going to be for you, make friends with a kinkster that does the thing. You don't have to invest in a bunch of rope to decide whether it's for you or not. You can like tie with somebody that will A, be teaching you good stuff and B, you'll learn pretty quickly whether you want to continue with the macrame lesson or whether you're kind of done and you're like, that was- You were so shady, I love it. Okay, everybody who loves rope, you're allowed to love your rope, but- (laughs) Yeah, we should mention this is like low-key the anti-rope brigade. We're not like- We're the anti-rope brigade. (laughs) We're not actively working against the rope community, but we also don't hold a whole lot of space for it. Sorry about it. (laughs) Sorry, yeah. No, it's it's great. Maybe, I don't know if we should do our why we're the anti-rope brigade um no that's, it's really not related to age play it's you know and it's also like not related to queerness really because queer rope people tend to be a little better but the straight yeah. rope seems to go straight to hell and for the most part they know why so um, yeah they know why <laughs> also you're not japanese greg sit the fuck oh down my God. <laughs> play sadism it's your world enjoy yourself mommy absolutely as long as everyone involved is on board and excited and leaves happy and smiling and bruised up you're doing it right i love that part i think that i feels like a wrap-up what do you think it does i think we're done i think we're good all right bye grown together (laughs) bye everybody (laughs)